Today we're going to be taking a, a bit of a pause in our sermon series through the book of Romans. So, Psalms 107, we're going to read the first two verses, then we're going to drop down and do and read verse 22. So Psalms 107, verse 1 and 2, I'll be reading from the New King James Version this morning. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. For His mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Now, verse 22. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare His works with rejoicing. Let us pray once again. Heavenly Father, we do give thanks for Your goodness and mercy toward us. We, we give thanks for such a great salvation. We give thanks that, that You are God and God alone and that You are good all the time. So Father, I pray now, pour out Your Spirit upon us. Help us to learn more of You. Help us to learn more of who we are as we stand before You. So Holy Spirit, speak. Word of God, speak, I pray. In Jesus' name, Amen. Now today we're going to focus on giving thanks to God. And and I, I it, it seemed appropriate for today as, as a reminder, especially since we have a national holiday here in America this Thursday. And I just want to point out a few things. I do this from time to time, almost like giving a little history lesson because I'm not sure what's being taught in public school anymore. I don't know how much of original intent of, of our founding fathers are being made known. Uh, I know there's revisionists that's trying to rewrite our history, trying to take God out of everything, trying to suppress so much of the truth that this nation was founded on. And we know from history that it was in 1863 that Abraham Lincoln made the proclamation of a national day of thanksgiving. Um, I'm going to read a few pieces of that those of that proclamation. I'm not going to read it all. If you're interested in it, you can get online, and I'm sure you can still find this. But but this is our president uh, back in 1863, and. And things weren't too good in this nation in 1863, remember that. Civil War was still going on. Things were, we were not at our best at that time. And this is what our president wrote, quote, No human counsel hath devised, nor hath any mortal hand worked out these great things. And let me pause it, because what he had just been talking about was was the blessings that America had enjoyed in its founding and in its development, even though the Civil War is going on. That's what he was talking about. He says, No human counsel hath devised, nor hath any mortal hand worked out these great things. In other words, it was God. No mortal did this. It was God. They are the gracious gifts of the Most High God, who while dealing with, with us in anger for our sins, hath nevertheless remembered mercy. It has seemed to me fit and proper that we should be solemnly, reverently, and grateful, gratefully acknowledged as with one heart and one voice by the whole American people. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands 
to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our uh, beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. End quote. Talking of God. Talking about the blessings that America has received because of the goodness of God. Now, it, it was Lincoln that established this in 1863, but, but really he established a set on a foundation that our first president, George Washington, had already made. It, it wasn't a, a national holiday back then, but, but George Washington made this proclamation. And here's just a few of the excerpts from George Washington, our first president, that we should acknowledge the providence of Almighty God to obey His will, to be grateful for His benefits, and humbly to implore His protection and favor. In other words, pray. Seek the Lord. Acknowledge Him. And he goes on, acknowledging with grateful hearts the many favors of Almighty God. To acknowledge that great and glorious being who is the beneficent author of all the good that was, that is, and will be. And that we should beseech Him to pardon our national and other transgressions. Sin. End quote. Now, if you've read your Bible and you've studied your Bible, did you hear biblical precepts in the midst of that? Acknowledge Almighty God. Well, we read Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 7 quite often here. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, do what? Acknowledge Him. And, and we've been given a promise. If we acknowledge Him, He will do what? And He shall direct your paths. George Washington, I believe, knew this. Acknowledge Him. The Lord will direct us in the right path. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. In Washington's comment, he, he made, Acknowledge Him as the author of all good that was, that is, and that will be. James 1.17 Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of light with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Every good and perfect gift. Hebrews 13, 8, and where he, where he talked about that was, that is, and that will be. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, forever, today and forever. And he said, beseech him to pardon our national and other transgressions, in other words, our sins, perhaps Second Chronicles seven fourteen, perhaps may have come to your mind. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. We need to be praying such a prayer as that, that we would seek the Lord and ask for His help and forgiveness. See, when... Much of America will be celebrating a national holiday that is now largely very disconnected from any thought of giving thanks to God. I pray that we as children of God 
may focus on and talk about the biblical call for giving thanks to God. Giving thanks from a biblical perspective. So today, uh, the Lord impresses on me sometimes around particular holidays, and this is one, that it can be used as a great time to talk about what the Bible says in regard to perhaps the holiday that we're coming up on. And, and this one being Thanksgiving. Because as children of God, we have much to be thankful for. Amen? We have much to be thankful for. And the utmost, highest thing to be thankful for would be our great salvation. Uh, and we read there in, in Psalms 107. Let's put it up one more time. Psalms 107, 1 and 2. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. He has redeemed us. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Child of God, I love that verse. That's one of my favorite psalms. Let the redeemed say so. In the midst of all that is going on in America, don't be silent in regard to truth. Don't let falsehood and things that are contrary to the Word of God try to silence you, child of God. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so of what is good and of what the Lord says. Not be silent. And then verse 22 says, Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare His works with rejoicing. That, that I would daily, that child of God, that we would daily remember that we have been redeemed from the hand of the enemy and give thanks every day. And that all other aspects of our life and our living would flow from thank, being thankful. Being thankful. And we have a lot of verses that we're going to read today that, that are going to be talking about that very thing of being thankful to Almighty God. Let's go to Colossians 1, verses 10 through 14. Talking to the children of God, Paul wrote that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Let me pause there for a minute. How are we going to increase in the knowledge of God? Read. Read. Right there. <laughs> what more can He say than He's already said Right here. How, how, how are we going to increase in the knowledge of God? By reading the Word, by hearing the Word preached. Verse 11, Strengthened with all might, according to His glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering with joy. <laughs> even in the midst of a trial, even in the midst of persecution, in the midst of sickness, in the midst of facing death, Be patient. Have long-suffering with joy because we know this world is not our home. Our citizenship is in heaven. What Paul say? For me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. For every born-again child of God. <laughs> Verse 12. 
giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Let me pause. How powerful a word is that? Child of God, look at that. Giving thanks to God, the Father, who has qualified us. We didn't qualify ourselves. We didn't have any qualifications that merited us being loved by God. We had no qualifications that merited us enter, entry into heaven and eternal life with Christ. But, but it's according to His mercy, not by works of righteousness with, which we have done because our righteousness, our righteousnesses was nothing but what? Filthy rags before the Lord. So it's not our righteousness, but His. But His, that He saves us, that He qualifies us, that He redeems us, that He purchases us through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, His Son. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. Let me pause again. We were all once darkness. Perhaps some that would hear this sermon, still in darkness. That was a condition of all of us. Dead in our trespasses and sins, far from the covenant of promise, without God, without hope at all, and no way of saving ourselves. But of that great, merciful salvation and love of God only through Christ and the cross. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. And for those who are born again, what has He done? And conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. First Peter 2, verses 9 and 10. First Peter 2, 9 and 10. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Who, who is Peter writing this to? To the elect of God, to the born again, to the children of God. And here's what he says. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. Why? Why? Why are we, why are, child of God, why are we those things? That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's why we're here. To proclaim praises to Him who has called us out of darkness. He goes on to say, Who once were not a people, but now, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. So those who have been conveyed from darkness into light. And this echoes the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 2. Let's go ahead and read that. Ephesians 2, verses 11 through 13. Therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who were, who are called circumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hand, we could go into that. But the the, the Jews were the circumcised, and they thought they had the handle on it all, and that the uncircumcised, the Gentiles, they were not fit for anything. So that's what that's talking about. Uh, verse twelve. That at that time when we were Gentiles, when we were in darkness, at that time you were without Christ, being aliens 
from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. That's what we all once were. But then look at verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by what? The blood of Christ. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. There's no other way to God the Father except through Jesus Christ and His sacrifice upon the cross. It is His shed blood that paid the penalty for our sin that had separated us from Almighty God. No other way to salvation. No other way to heaven. No other way to stand righteous and holy before most holy God than through the blood of Christ. So may we never forget His mercy and grace toward us and be grateful and abounding with thanksgiving to God. That's what Paul, that's his wording from Colossians 2, verses 6 and 7. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, this is those who have received Christ, who have confessed their sins, they, they have believed the gospel of Jesus Christ and have received Him. So therefore... So walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, in Christ, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Being thankful for such a great salvation at all times, regardless of circumstances of life that we may be facing at all times. Be rooted, grounded, established in the faith, fully trusting the Lord and His Word. Always easy? <laughs> no. We are most forgetful, or at least I am. I, I, I think as I'm getting older, I'm getting perhaps better, and it's not anything of me, but it's the mercy of God that is bringing me along in my maturity of faith. And, and I hope we are all progressing in our sanctification and maturing and growing in the Lord and the things that, that once just totally turned me upside down and would get me mad and get me angry. Those, those things don't bother me so much anymore. And I know a lot of that has to do with I'm, I'm just older. But, but they don't bother me like they used to. And it's because of His grace and because of His mercy. And, and I believe also because I am more rooted and grounded in my faith. I am more rooted and grounded in the truth of God's Word. In Jeremiah 17, verses 7 and 8, talk about being rooted and grounded. Well, what happens when we're rooted and grounded? Well, Jeremiah wrote, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree... Planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes. Let me pause there for a minute. Con consider that heat that's coming to be your, the next trial. The next tragedy. The next accident. The next death. The next loss. Whatever it may be that comes, the heat comes. For, she sh for he shall be like a tree planted by the water which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious 
in the year of drought, nor will, here's a, well, here's a big part for the children of God, nor will cease from yielding fruit. What the Lord say, and you will know them by their fruit. So what's the fruit of my life when I'm in the midst of a trial or a troubling circumstance? What's the fruit that, that I'm revealing to others? How about you? What's the fruit that you reveal to others when you're going through the midst of trial or tragedy or whatever it is? As, as a child of God, may we not cease from bearing good fruit. Psalms 1, first three verses. Psalms 1, first three verses. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Do I delight in the Word of God? Do I delight in it enough that I read it every day? Do I delight in it enough that I have at least something memorized that I can bring to mind at a moment's notice? Do I delight in it that much? But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. And for those who do that, verse 3, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. And don't take that and try to shove that into a name-it-claim-it prosperity gospel. That's not what that's talking about. We will prosper when we obey the Lord. Doesn't mean we'll have riches. Doesn't mean we'll have good health even. But we will prosper in our spiritual growth and maturity because we are resting and trusting in Him. So to have a heart marked with thanksgiving. Now we read from Colossians 1 and 2, Paul talks a lot about thanksgiving. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. But he talks a lot about, just in Colossians, let's go to Colossians 3 for just a moment. Colossians 3, verses seven, uh, 15 through 17. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. <laughs> Sometimes there's other things that want to take over the throne of our heart. Do you know that? Sometimes there's other things that are trying to Knock the Lord off His throne, which cannot happen, but can sure get us distracted, can it? Can sure get us distracted. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you were called in one body and be thankful. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, and again, I could pause so often on the on these scriptures and go, well, how are we going to let that happen? How are we going to let the Word of Christ dwell in us richly? We got to read it. We got to read it. We got to hear it. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Well, why do you guys sing so many songs at ABCC? Scripture kind of tells us to, doesn't it? Admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord, and whatever you do in word or deed. Does that that cover everything? I know I've talked about this quite often when we read this. Word and deed. Now perhaps 
You could throw thought in there. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks, here it is again, giving thanks to God, the Father, through Him, through Christ. Let's go on to Colossians 4, verse 2. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Being vigilant. That means be watchful. Uh, NASB says keep alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. An attitude of thanksgiving. Uh, I've heard some people will take that and say that we would have an attitude of gratitude and and, and I'll say yes to that. Yes, to have an attitude of gratitude to God our Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. To trust in Him at all times and in all ways. I want to read a couple things. One from Charles Spurgeon. And he wrote this in regard to thanksgiving. So, so listen, this is Charles Spurgeon. Here is a standing reason for thanksgiving. Although we may not always be healthy, nor always prosperous, yet God is always good. How how true is that? Though we may not always be healthy, nor always prosperous, yet God is always good. And therefore, there is always a sufficient argument for giving thanks to God. Yes, yes there is. That He is a good God. That He cannot be otherwise than good. Should be a fountain out of which the richest praises should perpetually flow. End quote. He is good. And all He can be is good. Is good. I I like that. Not, Not always healthy, not always prosperous, but God is always good. Always good. Uh, Here's something else I read. I thought this was so good. and Let let me read this. And it came from the Desiring God website in regard to Thanksgiving. I'm I'm not sure who wrote this. I I don't remember if it was Piper or somebody else that was on staff there. But, But listen, quote, The very practice of giving thanks directs our soul's attention away from what burdens us toward the great source of unearned, undeserved, powerful, abounding, and sustaining grace. That's a good line right there. The the practice of giving thanks directs our soul's attention away from what burdens us toward the great source of unearned, undeserved, powerful, abounding, and sustaining grace. (laughs) Giving thanks also helps us see that grace with fresh awareness and renewed hope and joy. That's what thanksgiving is for. To both give God the glory He deserves and to lift yokes from us that feel so heavy in order that we might receive joyful rest for our souls. That's that's good thought. As we're thankful and we're looking to God for the reasons we should be thankful, burdens will be lifted. We will find rest for our souls. In in Psalms 9, 1 and 2, and this is from the ESV version. 
I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and exult in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. And if you drop down to verses 9 and 10, also in Psalms 9 in the ESV version, the Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in time of trouble. And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. <laughs> he will never, child of God, never leave you nor forsake you. He will not. That is a promise from His Word, and He is a God who cannot lie. Thanksgiving is wonderfully healthy to our souls to lift us up. It redirects our attention from focusing on life-depleting and faith-shrinking concerns to focusing on God in Christ, who is our life, by recalling the very graces we have received from Him through the supreme grace of the cross. Gratitude inspires joyful worship and sparks our faith, end quote. Go to Psalms 34, verses 1 through 3. 34, 1 through 3. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. O oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. Now, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Why? So that others may hear. Did you catch this? My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. And when we make a boast in the Lord, what? The humble shall hear it, and they too shall be glad. And they will be glad. Do you enjoy hearing other people giving thanks to God? Do you like it when someone else magnifies the Lord and lifts Him up in praise? Doesn't, it, doesn't that lift you up as well? Hebrews 13, verse 15 Therefore, by Him, by the Lord, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. The fruit of our lips, our speech, our speech. We have much to be thankful for, child of God. Much to be thankful for. Psalms 107, verses 1 and 2, O give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Let us not be silent, child of God. Let us not be silent, but talk of His wondrous grace and His wondrous works. Let's look to the Lord for a moment of prayer. Heavenly Father, we give thanks for Your mercy and grace toward us. How could we cease from giving thanks for such a great salvation? And Father, I pray even in the midst of, of us talking about the children of God giving thanks, I pray should there be someone lost who is listening to this sermon, that Lord, that, that by 
your mercy and grace, you would open their eyes to truth. That they may see you as most holy God and that your word is true. And upon hearing and, and of your word and upon getting that glimpse of you and your holiness and your righteousness, Lord, that they would see themselves as the sinner that they are before you. And that, Lord, perhaps many of the truths that they've heard throughout the years would come to their mind and, and they would realize that the gospel is true. That they would know and realize that as a sinner without Christ, what their destination will be. And Father, as they see themselves as a sinner, I pray that you would show them the rescue that is found through Jesus Christ and His sacrifice upon the cross. Lord, shine light into darkness. Lord, draw them to Yourself by Your great power, by the truth of Your Word, and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Father, as truth is revealed, and they, they see You for who You are, and they see themselves for who they are, by grace through faith, that they would begin confessing their sin, and that in believing they would receive Christ. And by the power of the Spirit and the truth of the Word, follow Christ the remainder of their days. And Lord, for us who are our children of God, that we have been born again, Lord, remind me, remind us all of such a great salvation that we have so much to be thankful for. When It, it is so easy to be caught up in the news of what's going on, to, to see all the, the, the sinfulness and the evil that's in the world and and to become almost depressed about it, Lord, but help us that, that we would be thankful and that we would proclaim truth in the midst of a wicked and perverse world. Help us, Lord, that the redeemed, that we might say so, that we might speak truth. And Lord, help us in those moments that we are feeling led by the Spirit to speak truth, help us to speak it in love. Help us, Lord, not to beat somebody up with a Bible, Lord, but help them, but help us to have compassion that we might show them the truth from Your Word, that they might see truth and know truth, and we know that comes from You, Lord. So help us all, Lord. Help us to be thankful. Be thankful that you've placed us here in, in the center of this great country, Lord, for, right, for where we're at. Thank you for the beginning that it had, though I, I know that all the founding fathers were not Christians. I know that, but Lord, many were, and many looked to your word, and many, even presidents, made proclamations talking of you and your goodness and that we should give thanks. So, Lord, let us not be ashamed to tell others about those very things. Help us to be bold, but help us to be compassionate. And help us, Lord, to be thankful. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.